Charmed Life, a radio show discussing spirituality, magic, and the unconditional love of the universe. Thanks for tuning in. And I'm your host, Trisha Carr. Thank you for being here with us today. We are broadcasting live from the Universal Broadcasting Network Studios in Hollywood, California, from the iconic Sunset Gower Studios building. And good morning, Jarvis Essex, my producer. Hi, hi. <laughs> and if you're catching us on our live broadcast, which is Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific, you can find it on also YouTube, and that is youtube.com slash Trisha Carr. The archives go up there. And you can also find it as an audio podcast on any podcast outlet. You just need to search Charmed Life with Trisha Carr. And also on my YouTube channel, I, I post other videos, other kinds of teachings and different experiences. So I do hope that you will subscribe, like, comment, share, because as you do that, if you do like this con- this content that we are doing this show, then it will actually help other people to connect with it as you share it. Not just literally as you share it, but it, you know how algorithm stuff works and technology. It'll help it to get out there more, and I would really appreciate it. And I do appreciate you being here with me because I can feel you. I I can feel you, your presence. I can feel your light. And um, congratulations also for spending some time for yourself right now. And if you're listening in, um, in the, one of the archives, too, you, I can feel y'all, too. <laughs> and so, wow, it is fall. It's just starting to turn fall. In Southern California, it's still a bit hot. But we are in October, and it's a really interesting time. If you are listening somewhere around this time, just know that it is perfectly natural if you're experiencing some kind of uh, growing pains in a way. Because this is a time when we are actually dematerializing a lot of what we had materialized in the previous seasons. You know, we aren't just in nature, we are nature. So as we turn from the very vibrant summer season to the fall season when we when the plants actually start to dematerialize and they start to die, aspects of our self and our life are actually having the same kind of experience. So if you're feeling things changing and it feels a little bit unsettling, that's perfectly natural because our physical body doesn't like change. And the physical body and the ego, the ego being that um, good center of the ego, not the arrogant one that we always blame it on the ego and call people egoic and stuff. I mean this function of trying to keep us physically alive. It is uncomfortable with change because it's very primal. It's very basic and it just is uh, comfortable with progress and status quo because status quo means we're alive right now. So if this is happening for you, if you feel a little uneasy and yet you might actually feel excited for what you are looking forward to, that's what this in-between season is all about. And I think that's really cool because then we place something like Halloween in, in the right in the middle of this season where it's all about hiding from the, you know, from the evil or whatever that kind of the evil or the spirits and, you know, whatever that religious kind of background is. That's actually really telling of what's going on with the season. So just a little bit of support there. I think we're all going through it. And, you know, we've just been going through a lot of natural and social political kinds of unrest. So um, just hang in there and go ahead and set intentions and allow yourself to seed those new goals. And having said that, I want to welcome my guest today. He is a YouTuber, and he is a podcaster as well, and a spiritual seeker, and his name is Sam Fox. Welcome, Sam. Trisha, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for that 
lovely intro and that lovely message. That was oh. awesome. Oh, well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. I was recently on Sam's podcast. Um, Sam, why don't you share that, share the information about how folks can connect with your work and what you're doing right now, and then we'll talk about it again at the end because people are going to fall in love with you. Sure, I'd love to. Um, most of the stuff, I think everything I do right now is just on our channel, Modern Spirituality. So if you want to check out what I do and what we do, it's a channel that I have with my wife, Taylor, and my brother-in-law. And pretty much we just make spiritual films. And we also have a podcast. And sometimes I just do videos where I just talk to the camera about stuff that I'm going through, too. Oh, that's that, uh, you, you can see that's my brother-in-law, Kelly, there on mm. screen. We do podcasts together too. So I just, I just get together with people and do podcasts and do films about things that we're interested in right now. It seems to be all centered around spirituality and finding our place in life and our passion and purpose. Mm-hmm. And so that is what we entitled this episode, The Reality of Awakening. You know, it's even become a bit of a... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm hearing some feedback. Is it, Sam, is it... Um, I hear feedback. Can you turn the volume down on your computer? Although you're wearing earbuds, aren't you? I can throw some on. Okay. <laughs> While Sam's getting his earbuds on so that we don't hear the, the feedback, or not the feedback, but the, the looping. Um, there we go. Yeah, that'll help. Thanks a lot. Yeah, it's uh, awakening. I mean, it's happening in such a widespread kind of manner, an effect, and a lot of people are going through it to where I feel that it all, Almost because we're accustomed to paying attention to social convention and and what is happening in the in the collective consciousness and being sort of wary of it and thinking that it feels commercialized and and whatever you know then it, it actually makes us question it as like is this really happening is this is my experience real because you hear so much of it I even last la- last night at the uh, Saturday Night Live episode uh, had they had a sketch it's actually was a, a repeat from a few weeks ago but they had this sketch about people being woke <laughs> which is kind of a, a funny little uh, colloquialism that the young kids are saying about being woke I mean <laughs> something you are you hearing that a lot Sam um, I definitely am it seems to be I, I'm just amazed at how hilariously widespread the the woke and the awakening thing yeah. is becoming right now. I think it's a great thing, but at the same time, it's, it's also interesting, too, at the same time, because it's not necessarily, in my experience, like the easiest thing to go through. So it's it's interesting that it's becoming a big thing, and I'm very excited about that. Well, tell us about your experience with that. What is what is this journey, and what is the work, and what what led you to today? <laughs> when we're talking yeah. about the reality of awakening, what is your reality? Well, my reality started with um, I was a kid getting out of high school, not knowing what he wanted to do with his life, and then I had chronic pain, mm. and I. You know, I, I just couldn't, I'm a really sensitive person. And I just couldn't do things like normal people could. That's kind of what I thought. Like I couldn't find happiness in the ways that everybody else was. So the first thing I turned to was self-help mm-hmm. and bettering myself as a person and learning how to like socialize and meet people and better my life. And that led me to an Eckhart Tolle book. Yeah. And had this beautiful experience with this Eckhart Tolle book. I read the first couple pages of it and... 
just I think it was just honestly the energy of the book. It just really sunk into me, hit me on a really deep level, and it opened my heart. It it opened this channel of joy up in my heart that I had never felt before in my life. And uh, at the time, I was living at my parents' house, and I just I, I pretty much just ran all over my house, and I would just go around kind of like feeling things and looking at trees, and I was like, oh my god, I can I can be happy without any external thing without like food or without, you know, whatever, whatever ways that I thought were bringing me happiness in my life. This book just instantly gave me this new kind of perspective on life. And it, it showed me that there was more that was possible to my life. And there was more that I could experience on a day to day basis. My happiness wasn't dependent on whatever it is that I thought it was what I thought it was going to be outside success or having a comfortable life or having a wife or whatever it was. And I just read a couple pages of this book and I felt all this joy that was way more than I had ever felt in my life. And it, it only lasted probably like 20 minutes or something like that. But then after that happened, I was like, okay, like this is where my life is going. I was like, this is where I need to go. That's amazing. Well, it, it lasted 20 minutes, I think, for two reasons that it's not really that sustainable because we do want to, you know, be able to walk around in the world and not just yes. <laughs> need to feel the furniture to be happy. We actually want to we want to engage. Exactly. And also because you adjusted to it, you know, it was like a, an activation. It was an energetic attunement. And you adjusted to it, but you can reference it. That's what's so cool about experiences like that is you can reference that memory and that reality and just basically channel part of it that however much of it that you need at the time. Yes. Which book was it? Um, I think it was The Power of Now. Yeah, that was that was mine, too. That was one. Yeah. Um, Eckhart also is was very uh, catalytic to my awakening as well. Very, kind of like you, you know, I, I, I turned to self-help or consciousness seeking. Um, Deepak Chopra was also a part of that. And, um, Me too. Yeah, right. So, um, and that, and so that, that's pretty, that's a really powerful experience. And so what is, what then is the reality going forward from that? You know, how is, how is it continued to, um, impact your life and your work and all of those things like the passion and the purpose, you know, what is that reality? Is it, it isn't all just flying high, obviously. Definitely not. Um, it wasn't like I, you know, I just, after that moment, I, it opened me up to feeling that all the time. It definitely didn't. It was almost like it just gave me a big taste of it. So I knew what was possible. And then what that pretty much led to for me was years and years of just seeking and learning and trying everything that I can, but a lot of it for me was just learning and taking everything in I, that I could and learning as much as I could about this spirituality thing. Mm-hmm. And that eventually led me to go, you know, spend time with spiritual teachers and just, you know, really dive into that whole kind of world, which was really amazing for me. And uh, at the same time, what it did is it, it, it really made me conscious of my day-to-day life and what would make me happy. Mm-hmm. And one of the big things that it's given me is just um, it, it's helped me to really focus on what I love to do and what I can give back to the world and what can I, I can be actually happy doing every day of my life. And uh, it's been a really long journey to find pieces of that. But I find for me, almost even more so than the spiritual work, um, me finding 
those pieces of my puzzle of what I can do with my day-to-day existence and what my bigger purpose is Mm -hmm. and what I can actually spend my time doing. Those are the things that have given back to me the, the most out of anything, I think. And people are, you know, I get commonly asked, people commonly ask spiritual teachers or, you know, intuitive psychic readers and everything, what's my life purpose? And frankly, I mean, well, first of all, you know, purpose is one thing and uh, having that purpose become some kind of passion, which would then, that's just how I kind of look at it. Purpose is something that is really just the the connection that you have with yourself and feeling like it is it is moving forward in alignment. Yep. And then there are passions. And I, I'm a person who has many passions and things that my interests kind of change all the time, which is fine and great. And some people sort of steer in on to one, you know, I am a writer. And that's what I that's what my life's purpose is forever and ever. And that's or my my passion in this particular life is. And that's great. But how can you how do you how could you speak to that when someone says, what's my life purpose? And they're asking someone else. <laughs> is that even possible for that question to be answered by someone else? I don't think it ever could be answered by somebody else. I think the best thing that anybody could do to that person. And when I, I've asked a lot of people this question, I've asked coaches, I've asked spiritual teachers. And the thing that helps me the most is when people tell me, just to stay curious and keep on trying mm. and open mind, no matter how hard it gets, as much as I possibly can, just keep on trying new things and keep on putting myself out there and keep on taking risks. I, I've learned that just through doing those things, even in really uncomfortable times, it gives it gives me more information than anything. Mm. Even more so than if somebody could even give me what my purpose was, it would be less meaningful than if I you know, the, the fun part, I think, is finding yourself and finding those pieces of treasure. So I think if somebody could tell you, that would take away a big part of the, the fun. Yeah, but yeah. I think a big part of it is even like the journey to finding it. And I don't think it's one of those things where you're necessarily going to find that end goal. I think it's one of those things, like most things in life, where you just keep on finding more and more and bigger pieces of it. And so it can continuously get more fun. Right. You you can't, if if someone told you, you can't feel it. Just in the way that, you know, when your parent tells you, you can do anything that you want, you can't necessarily feel that. You you yep. have to feel that love for yourself and that belief. Uh, so, and but what is, so what is that? You said taking risks. I really like that. And why? Why do we have to take risks in order to keep growing? What is that reality like for you? What does that feel like? Well... <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's, sometimes it's easier than other times, but I've just found a lot of the time, um, you know, it's, you, you get caught in emotional comfort zones. Mm. And if we, if it was easier for us to get outside of these emotional comfort zones, we would never have to take risks because it would be easy to do those things. And we probably wouldn't be wondering what our purpose is. But I think the thing stopping us from finding our purpose a lot of the time is these emotional comfort zones, and these emotional blocks that we've got ourselves into. So in my life, at least, I found a lot of the time what it takes for me to find those next things is to take these little steps or momentous leaps even sometimes mm-hmm. outside of this comfort zone that I have. And uh, I, I'm always happy when I do that. And it's, it's, a, it's not an easy thing to do because you're, you're kind of moving against the current in your life. But I think that's how we grow a lot of the time is to go past our, our natural barriers that we've, you know, been given and given ourselves in this life. 
I, last night I taught, a, well, actually I led a workshop. It ended up being a workshop and a, a support group for <laughs> empaths and highly sensitive people. And that's what Sam and yep. I talked about on his uh, podcast as well. And um, it, there was, we were talking about boundaries and boundary. I was trying to communicate the boundaries are really about keeping yourself in and not this defensive mechanism of keeping others out. That isn't, I don't think that's helpful, a helpful way to see it. And but what came what came across were people saying, but if I have these walls up, and I was like, no, not walls, but <laughs> they were, question was, if I have these walls up, I'm going to experience less. But again, it's about having that self-belief and reference that you're actually going to then just be selecting the things that you do want to experience. And while, as you say, it may seem in a moment like it is an emotional comfort zone, the reason that you're asking the question is because that comfort zone is actually a, an emotional discomfort zone. <laughs> and you, you know what I mean? Yes. It, is, it isn't working. It isn't working anymore. And it, get, it does. Yes. It, gets, it can get scary. It can get... But if you just keep referencing the self and continuing to extend compassion to yourself, then the answers kind of bubble up into the action steps to take, even if they're you know, even if there's a part of you that's fighting it and is resisting it. I completely agree. I've found just with most of my life problems, if I find just a slight amount of curiosity towards solving that problem, that's almost everything that I need to overcome. And I find when I don't, it's just because I've, I have this kind of idea that it's something that I, that I can overcome or that's this big thing. It's going to take a while, but when I can just, shift into that little bit of curiosity towards how, you know, how I can change this or how I can get towards it. I find, you know, sometimes it takes time, but I can always, there's always, there's always a way to do it. Curiosity is a really valuable emotion and tool because curiosity is is really the opposite of fear in a certain way because you are seeking you're moving out you're you're also opening the door it's a really kind of reflexive way to bring an experience into yourself with gratitude with faith with self-belief curiosity is a, a really great way to for yourself to be curious about yourself be curious about a problem you can also switch into being curious as a very sensitive person being curious about the situation with this person who may otherwise you may be then feeling defensive against them because they feel like an energetic vampire. <laughs> you could be curious about how this is actually working and how we're both actually very safe in this interaction and this connection that we're having, I think. Is that something that you I, use a lot then is, is curiosity? Is that something that helps you with your passion and your purpose? I think a million percent. I love curiosity so much because you know, you know, ideally you want to be like loving and you want to be really open to certain situations. But I find a lot of the time it's not possible to just have have that come up all the time. But I find curiosity is something that almost no matter what, almost no matter how emotionally low or high I'm feeling, I can always access it. Mm. I can always just be a little bit curious if if I want to. It's something that like at any time I can be like, okay, I'm feeling craziness or I'm feeling emotional turmoil. This person's bugging me, but I can just be a little bit curious mm-hmm. in the situation where it's, you know, a lot of the time it's, it's really hard to be loving or it's hard to be, you know, so, some of the more higher spectrum, like positive emotions. It's really hard to do that sometimes, but right. curiosity is something that I find I can always do, which is really nice. It's a kind of neutral, just reflexive 
um, energy to engage in. So it isn't, yeah, we, we're not placing too many expectations on ourselves to be, you know, so blissed out that touching the furniture <laughs> is transformative. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, we are taking calls, 323-524-2599, if you would like to call in with a question or to share your experience with awakening. And so are you, now we talk about we're saying the, the reality of awakening what I have found, tell me if this is your experience, while it isn't all just blissed out, you know, tripping on the, you know, on psychometry and stuff, but at the same time, it is genuinely better. Your life keeps getting better, but there are still degrees of experience. Is that, is that how, talk to me about how your, how that functions for you, what that, is, and how long has it yeah. been since you've been going through this, by the way? How many years? Um, yes, since I was, I think around 18 or 19, and I'm, I think I'm 26 now, 27 <laughs> I couple, think. in a couple of weeks. So, you know, maybe seven years or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say 100%, 100%, I wouldn't take a minute of it back. And every day, it, sometimes it doesn't seem like it. Sometimes it seems like I'm going backwards eons, but I'm, my life gets better every day and I get happier every day. And I feel more purposeful every day. I feel more loving and I feel more open and more like myself every day. Mm. But what I didn't know, which wasn't given to me in any of the spiritual books or the anything that I read, you know, sometimes I'd read a little thing about maybe this dark night of the soul. Sometimes like some emotions come up. But I had an experience personally where I went through, you could call it dark night of the soul or a healing crisis for maybe eight months. Mm. Um, something like that and for those eight months even though I do consider it a time of like great healing and I would never take it back it pretty much left me in a state of complete um, it, it, it felt like all I could feel was the most an endless spectrum of terrible endless fear and like super deep terrible emotions for months on end and there, there wasn't much I could do like outwardly in the world except for just kind of get by for that time and uh there, there was nobody for me to reference mm-hmm. um for going through that kind of thing there's a couple people that I, I luckily had had little things like that that i read they went through really they went through hard times and talked about it but i didn't have anybody excuse me to 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 reference or go to or even to talk to about this really hard stuff that i was going through and a lot of the stuff that i've been sharing um, lately on my channel has been um, like for that and for those people because I, I I wanted to create you know something for people to go to when they're feeling really intense emotions like if you're feeling depressed or you're feeling like really angry you're feeling overwhelmed by your emotions um, where where can you <laughs> how do you deal with those things what do you do how do you deal with it from a human perspective and those are things that I like to that's part of what I really like to do and talk about because it was such a, it was such a hard part of my life and it is, it is beautiful and hard at the same time. Mm. And I, I just wanted to, one of the, you know, things that I really want to say out there, like if anybody is, is going out there is going through that, um, you're not alone in going through that. And it's probably a really good thing that you're going through it, even if maybe people don't understand it and people don't understand what you're going through. And uh, hopefully, you know, with, my channel and Trisha and, you know, everybody doing the thing, we can create more people who understand what's going on with that and uh, 
understand the people that are going through those really hard um, healing times. Wow. Thank you so much for, for that work that you're doing. How, how did it, how did you come out of it? Was it gradual or was it something epiphanic or, you know, did um, you it, speak to that? Some it was a, it was a mix of gradual and a big kind of life change. Um, eventually, you know, I, I just, I uh, just started to want to like do things in my life again. And the, the, I was, um, and my other were in separate countries. And uh, I decided that even though I was uh, really, really not feeling up to it, I just needed to go see her. I went on a big trip to go see her and uh, back to Canada. She would come stay with me for a little bit. And uh, we actually got to the border and we got detained temporarily, which was a uh, hard experience at the time. And uh, I kind of just put her in this perspective. And at that point, we decided we weren't going to mess around with the border anymore and that we wanted to settle in Canada there. And uh, that was the turning point for me when I knew that after doing paperwork in a amount of time and a craziness, um, me and my wife could be in the same place together, which is really nice. And that allowed me um, in the next couple months to really be able to really relax for the first while. And, uh, kind of let myself heal a little bit and uh, maybe four or five months after that I, I, I had good days and I'd have really bad days slowly I just started to feel like more again over a lot of time so this is probably like a year and a half process in total and then in the last five months something like that I really felt like I want to start giving back and I want to you know really start giving back to other people and working and just doing fun things again. Wow. So was it perhaps, was it perhaps you think doing some emotional house cleaning? Maybe there was some, as we call shadow work happening. Is, is that, do you think that was, it was a long period of that or what is your, what is your thought on that? And what kind of hope can people, do you, do you counsel people about so that they can see the hope that how they're getting out of it, how they're moving through it? Getting out of it sounds a little harsh. I guess you know, moving through it and the, and finding the value of it. Yeah, I, I what what I luckily I could see it like this at the time because I had just enough reference. And what I thought was going on, and I still do this at this point, is basically it's like all the emotions that I had pushed away my whole life, everything that I didn't want to feel in this life, also other lives too, sure. like not even just this life, but other lives stuff that I, I had just pushed away and not wanted to experience, um, it just started to all come to the surface. Yeah. And even though it was really hard and really confusing, I, I could I could see that there was something beneficial happening because I could see that when these things would come to the surface, when they'd come to light and when they'd come into my consciousness, then they'd transform. And I'd see myself over time that I wouldn't feel the same fears that I would feel. And when I'd really feel like the depths of those fears, I would never feel them again in the same way. So it felt like there was work going on mm. and there was improvement in my life going on. And very interestingly, through that whole process, I had still been in chronic pain before that. And uh, after that whole experience, my chronic pain went from maybe like a constant five or six out of 10 all the way down to make maybe one or two out of 10 mm. um, on a day-to-day -day basis. And it still gets better every day. So through that whole 
through all those, all those emotions coming out, it actually healed my chronic pain at the same time. Wow. Yeah. Because, you know, it definitely sounds like it was an empathic crisis and I actually, you know, I'm, I'm, in week five of a six week training for empowered empaths and highly sensitive intuitives. And just this past week, the lesson was all about shadow work. And the week prior to me teaching this lesson, I actually went through a, just a day or two really is what it ended up being. But of that kind of catharsis of wringing out the sponge of emotions that had gone unexpressed that I had felt resistance to. And I literally used a tool to do it for just these couple of days and uh, Jarvis maybe you can look it up for me there's a a video on YouTube my friend Drew Broderick actually it's it's a song that he wrote and it's called Josephine Drew Broderick is Broderick is spelled B-R-O-A-D-R-I-C-K and it's this really kind of melancholy song. I, I was walking actually on a trail and all these things were coming up like these tears that I hadn't cried is what it really felt like. Tears for times when I was very young and my parents were failing me. But at the same time, I actually was sad for my parents, how they couldn't properly serve me, you know, for the things that they had gone through. Yeah, thanks, Jarvis. And so the song Josephine came to mind. This is my friend wrote this song. And it's, I just let it play like three times in a row and I bawled. I'll just let it play for a sec. Josephine She was a dancer and a dusty fiend All the neon moonlight in the crystal stream She danced there She seemed real like a perfect melody You can feel to scream in a dream No sound coming out when you're obscene I know you wanna fight someone so come on and fight me Fight me, we'll fight to find the remedy, Josephine. Eleven days she stares into the sun. Eleven days she swears, I will not run. Eleven So uh, I just let that play. And it's kind of, (laughs) I mean, we know 11 is a very powerful number for us spiritual seekers. And so this uh, love isn't going to come for us. And there were just moments where perhaps that's what you were feeling some of the time, Sam, during this dark night of the soul or whatever we want to call it. And and as I cried the tears that I, I needed to cry for times that were in the past, it actually, it wasn't me 
having self-pity really or wallowing in it, it was actually releasing. As soon as I cried them and I allowed those emotions that were from periods of not feeling strong enough to allow them to express because I just thought that I might crumble and I felt so much release after that. And this is this is definitely something I think that highly empathic people have to go through now and again. Yes, yeah. definitely. That was an awesome song too. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. So when that's cause this is a song he he wrote this song. Uh, my husband actually, I think he produced it. But Drew wrote this song and did this video. Um, I don't know. It's at least five years ago, and it popped into my mind while. I was realizing that it was this time where the sponge had to be wrung out again. <laughs> and and it what popped into my understanding was I I thought Drew wrote that song about a shadow fairy and I was like what's a shadow fairy? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even know if that's something that anyone else has ever uttered before. But what the explanation that I got of a shadow fairy is sort of this kind of elemental nature spirit and it's it's a, it's a spirit guide who is close to Mother Earth, and she actually will work with you while you're moving through something like that kind of catharsis and where there's a part of your shadow that needs to be brought forward. The shadow, by the way, is what Carl Jung calls the unconscious mind or the subconscious mind, and we fracture off parts of ourselves that we believe will have us rejected from this world and uh, cause us to die, and so we put it away. And that could be unexpressed pain, and it could also be aspects of ourselves that we that are golden, that we believe that if we express that part of ourselves that we will be rejected. So it's kind of a lot of things. It's the subconscious mind, really. And so a shadow fairy is the reason it's, it's, um, the, it is a being, a spirit being that has to do with the earth and like the elements is because as very sensitive people, we actually are ambassadors of, of Mother Earth. You know, Mother Earth actually transmutes energy, and that's what sensitive and empathic people do as well. We came in very energetically sensitive, and we have compulsively been trying to transmute all of the energy around us, starting from being babies. And at some point, you you do, and I think this is so appropriate, again, for the season, it's the time where things like that would come up. And these, the, my advice, Sam, tell me if you would agree, is to like you said, just to feel the emotions and give them space, give them awareness, give them consciousness, because you're not actually injuring yourself. You're already at a state of injury with having resistance to this pain that's already inside you. Yeah, I totally couldn't agree more. I think the the one thing that really helped me get through, especially the hardest times and the hardest feelings that I thought I couldn't take, was actually bringing my awareness back into my body and into those feelings themselves. What I would find is when I bring my awareness right into the feeling and right into the emotion and kind of right in the eye of the emotion, I, I would find that maybe for a couple seconds it would be a little bit intense, but there would always be a relief after that. And when I was right in the middle of it, I'd always find that it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And it would kind of, it, it would take away that layer of resisting that feeling, which is where I really find the real emotional tortures around it and the real spring is. But when I found when I got my attention back into the emotion itself, I wouldn't suffer around it. And I would find that it was never as bad as I thought it was, even though sometimes it was still like really, really bad. It was never as bad as when I was running away from it. Yeah. If you think about the eye of the storm, it's what, so that's what it almost sounded like you were about to say. And in the eye of the storm, which is the very center of it, it's actually peaceful. It's actually calm. 
Um, yes. Yeah. And if giving it the stage, giving the full awareness to it, as we know in quantum physics, if you place your awareness on a particle, it actually changes and or it exists. So if something is in your being and you're avoiding it, it's not going to have the ability to change or to be transmuted. And uh, so you just, you do, you have to, you have to start where you are. I think that sometimes people in the spiritual seeking communities, we, we either tend to, people tend to um, spiritual bypass is what people call it, where you're being falsely positive all the time, which is actually just a way to avoid the real stuff. And I think this is the reality of awakening is that you're still a human, you know, you're still a human and falsely positive is just is just false. It's just not even positive. <laughs> it's just not the truth. <laughs> you know? Definitely. I, I tried that for a while, being falsely positive. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, uh, I don't know, maybe it works for some people, but it certainly didn't work for me. It actually just put me into more pain. Mm-hmm. I, I would notice that right when I would do the falsely positive thing and try to get positive emotions going when I didn't feel it, I was kind of work. I felt like I was working against myself. And I was pushing parts of me away, and I would notice that my my bodily pain would actually instantly increase when I would do that. So um, eventually, I was like, "Okay, this isn't working for me. This, there's got to be another way." And if you you start where you are, so if where you start is I'm so angry, I'm so angry at the world, or I'm so angry at myself, or whatever it is, the what what can work to try to get through it is first of all express that, express whatever where you are. But then if there is a way to pivot, but the, when we pivot, we're pivoting into truth. We're pivoting to another perspective or just another um, facet of what is your truth. It's not about trying to go to something that isn't your truth. That's just not going to help. That's just more resistance. So if you are, I'm so angry at the world, and I, or I'm so angry at myself, I'm so angry at the world, then maybe you can do something like turning on that curiosity. I wonder how this, how I'm going to survive this feeling. That's already a pivot in truth. I wonder how I can survive this. I wonder if there's a way that this is going to make more sense for me. I wonder if there's a way that this is actually going to inform me to be able to be helpful to myself and to other people at some point. See, we're just giving ourselves a little bit of room to expect improvement and to expect growth. Is that the kind of stuff maybe you did during that time when you you used your your curiosity? <laughs> um, at that time, I didn't do any of that because I was not even I, I was not even in a place to be able to do that. But mm-hmm. at this point in my life, I I, I would say a hundred percent that stuff helps so much. Just being honest um, with how I feel. Um, I, I've I, I find a lot of time I'll even have drastic changes in my mood and the way I feel when I. I'm really honest with it. You know, sometimes when I'm, what I like to do sometimes is I'll over accentuate how I feel. So like if I'm feeling like really sad or something like that, I'll do like the, you know, like the shower scene in the movie. I'll just like, no matter where I am, I'll just do it. And it'll kind of make me laugh a little bit. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, This is actually how I feel right now. I don't, I don't need to put anything on. Or even if something as little as just, you know, before this podcast, you know, I was having, or before talking to you today, it's having some nerves coming up. And uh, the thing that helped the most was, you know, I was trying to do all the spiritual stuff, like get more grounded and breathe and focus. But then eventually I thought I was like, hey, I'm nervous. 
Yeah. And I just, I kind of like said it to myself out loud. And then I was like, oh, that's cool. I'll just be nervous. And so <laughs> yeah. that, that's the thing that calmed me down the most. I was like, hey, I'll just be nervous with <laughs> Trisha because I'm nervous. So like, whatever. So that's a nice, <laughs> that's, that seemed like a better way to do it than do all this spiritual stuff. Yeah, to try to avoid the nervousness. That's just going to enhance it. That's yeah. funny. Well, I was, last night I was talking with my group and it was like, you know how sometimes when you have a really uncomfortable conversation to have and so let's say what's with your partner and then you could just, it helps so much if you start it by saying, I'm really nervous about talking about this or I'm scared to talk about this. And you're like, oh God, I said it. Okay, phew. Now I can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to do that yeah, with yourself. We have a caller. Yes. Yep. Do you want to take a call, Sam? Is that all right? Yeah, that'd be lovely. All right, great. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hi, this is Christine. Hi, Christine. How are you? We have Sam Fox on with us. Oh, hey, Sam. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Christine? Lovely to meet you. Good. Nice to meet you, too. Um, I just called in to say hello to y'all. Um, I just I, w- I, I tuned in from the beginning this time. Um, I didn't have to listen to it on the replay, which is awesome. <laughs> um, but I just wanted to say hello. Um, Sam, I read, um, I can't even pronounce his name right, but um, the fellow you were talking about, Echo. Eckhart Tolle. Can you help me with his name? I can't say it. Yes, yes. My sister turned me on to his book, and it just, for me, that hooked me. Um, I think I've read it like about two and a half times so far. Um, and I've been going through this for like, I know I've been going through this for at least a year, but on and off, I've been oscillating for probably 18 years to 20 years. Um, so it's just really refreshing to hear your take on all of this. Mm. So thank you. Oh, thank Thanks you. so much. It's, it's lovely to hear from you. I'm, that, I'm glad you're finding some help in that book. I find, especially that book by Cartola, like I, I find that's one you can just you can just read because there's such a presence to it. Like even the book itself has a presence. And you've been it, it is it it has a special place in my heart. Mm. <laughs> Christine, you've been going through some of this kind of dark night of the soul or awakening, or what? What is it that you've been experiencing for so long? Well, I think definitely awakening, um, and. I'm not quite sure, Dark Night of the Soul, but maybe perhaps I have been because I feel like I'm oscillating in and out. Um, But definitely for the past year, I mean, like every day I'm doing, you know, some kind of work to try to, um, I don't know, to just not shut it away. You know what I'm saying? To keep myself open. Um, But, you know, there's everyday things to do chores and a family to take care of and and what have you. So, um, I don't know. It's just, I just, I'm trying to find what I can do to help other people. I think that's my, um, my big goal. That's beautiful. In life, you know. Yes, and I, a friend of mine, one time he was having just about one of the hardest times he'd ever had, and he didn't have any money, didn't have a job, and he didn't have anything. And so just this day he woke up and he said, well, I need help, so I'm just going to allow that vibration into my experience by going and helping someone else. And what I have today is my body. So he went and helped somebody (laughs) move some things whose body was compromised. And that day, it was like really miraculous. He got a job. He got (laughs) it all just like this windfall by just allowing the vibration of help when you feel like you need help. That's and and by the way, yeah, doing all of that stuff, the family and the day to day chores, that's spiritual too. That's <laughs> the thing that we can allow ourselves to feel, I think, and that's really amazing. 
Well, I think, like, I mean, that's wonderful that, that your friend was able to, to do that and able to have an opportunity to help somebody. Um, you know, often we're just, there's there's lots of things I want to do to help people, but I feel like I'm I'm down with all the other things I'm supposed to do. Mm. Um, but in a way, I feel like I'm supposed to be where I'm supposed to be. So I mean, it's all good, and it's all you know, it's all it's all good stuff. Right. It's just um, you know, we just we just want to do the best that we can do. And we all are. We all are creating what we are intending to create. That's absolutely true. Well, thank you so much for calling, Christine. Thank you for sharing your experience. And oh, d- Sam, doesn't she just have the best energy? You could just feel it <laughs> coming through the phone line. <laughs> so lovely, so lovely to chat with you. Seems like you're just on a great track, and uh, pleasure to meet you for a brief moment here. Yeah, thank oh. you, Christine. Thank you. The pleasure is mine. I just um, thank you so much for for um, putting your voice out there and um, sharing what you know with other people, oh, with all of us. You, you as well. And thank you for listening. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Thank you, guys. <laughs> See ya. Well, we have just a few minutes left. And so, Sam, can you uh, tell us again how uh, people can find your work? And by the way, you really need to check out his channel. The work that he does, the videos are really beautiful and uh, really just something to admire. And it feels just, just so wonderful. You can really feel your heart and your passion as you're watching the work that you do. So thank you for that. That's really cool. Tell everyone how they can get in touch with you, please. Thanks so much, Trisha. That's very lovely mm-hmm. to say that. That's very nice. Uh, so everything we do is that uh, our channel, Modern Spirit, actually podcast to actually recently did with Trisha so I'm sure you guys love watching Trisha so if you want to see more of her stuff from maybe a bit of a different style we have one there and uh yeah you can just check us out there YouTube channel Modern Spirituality um I have an Instagram account that's kind of where I like to get uh, to get to know people a bit if anybody wants to get to know me and uh we also have a Facebook too where we post some updates it woke up a little bit, so I'm just going to say it again. Modern Spirituality on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Modern Spirituality Tribe. Is that right? And That's so, correct. Yeah, find find Sam's work on YouTube. And yes, we have an episode up there. And we actually talked about being empathic, and we also talked about sex and spirituality. So it was kind of a fun time that we had there. <laughs> it was a fun conversation, actually. You yeah. guys would probably be interested. Let's see what we're doing. <laughs> Well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Sam Fox, and Modern Spirituality. And I hope that you'll come back another time. And so everyone, please do find his work. And we will be here again next week, as we always are, at 11 a.m. Pacific, live on UBNRadio.com Channel 1, or on any of my social media outlets by finding Trisha Carr Charm or just Charmed Life with Trisha Carr. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are.